The Starlight Lounge presents an evening with the progressive box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Look for the pick and roll as someone to the corner. Now to seven seconds. Here's Ingram, he got the step. Here's Rondo, he scores! Oh! oh! A stutter as the Lakers coming off the 42-point loss, coming off all the trade speculation. Come to Boston and defeat the Celtics 129 128 on a last second shot by the one time Celtic. everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast where load management my ass. Tonight nobody was managementing their loads. Isn't that right, Tommy? Managing that load, Playboy. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I just said managing that load, Playboy. <laughs> sure, managing that load, Playboy, whatever that means. Lakers beat the Celtics, Buck Faustin, Rondo. Rondo! And as new Laker, The Weeknd, a.k.a. Reggie Bullock, tweeted out tonight. He doesn't look that much like The Weeknd. Have you seen his hair? He looks like The Weeknd, man. Anyways, yeah, as, <laughs> as as new Laker, Reggie Bullock tweeted out tonight. It's lit. Tommy, what are the chances Reggie Bullock is secretly a longtime Lakers Legacy podcast listener? Uh, chances of that are pretty low. Chances that he's a Lakers <laughs> fan are decently high because after we, after we traded for him, there were some tweets that came out that I think suggested that he was a Lakers fan. I don't know. I didn't look closely. Well, actually, that lends itself to him potentially also being a Lakers legacy listener. So I'm just going to put two and two together. Point to the tweet that he had where he references our most famous slogan on this podcast. It's lit. And LLP all the way for Reggie Bullock. Anyways, the Lakers trade deadline frenzy. They beat the Boston Celtics tonight by one point, 129-128. As you can tell... 
We don't know how to compose ourselves. This is going to be another one of those incoherent podcasts. I feel like I say that every episode just because that's what it's become recently. Tommy's driving home. He's going to grab in and out in celebration of this epic win against the Celtics. It's been a crazy bipolar two weeks filled with a tons of lows, tons of panic, capped off by a 42-point loss to the Oladipo-less Pacers and no Anthony Davis at the end of the trade deadline. But... There's nothing quite like a Lakers win over the Celtics to cure all of our ailments. Tonight, the Lakers beat the Celtics 129-128 off of a Rajon Rondo buzzer beater in probably one of the most exciting back-and-forth type games that we've seen all season from the Lakers. Tommy, how are you feeling after that? And I guess if you could compare it to uh, how you were feeling at 12 p.m. or I guess 12.30 p.m. (laughs) today. I was feeling pretty low. Um, not that, and I'm sure we'll get into the trades soon. Not that I'm like anti the trades we made. I think they're totally fine. I, I just, you know, you have two weeks of building up because I said this at the time when all this Anthony Davis stuff came out, which was last Monday. So it has not been that long, like 10 days, 11 days. I said at the time, really, he had to bring this shit out right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I knew that my next 10 days were just going to be gone with this nonsense. Um, so when you know it's it just like such a roller coaster, and then when you're kind of off the roller coaster, it's like oh, that was kind of underwhelming, <laughs> you know. And and so the whole day I was kind of like meh, and I was like, all right, well I know Speed doesn't play that much, but Zoo was like our starting center for the last like you know ten games or whatever, so five ten games, so that's going to be an adjustment. We have all obviously Lonzo still out, uh, like we got the crap knocked out of us by Indiana. I mean, it it just looked like they were playing a high school team, like, and nobody was even trying like from the opening tip. So I had no idea. Like, I know it's Boston. I know that there's the big rivalry. I knew that, you know, the guys were going to be slightly more amped up than normal perhaps, but the way, like you described it, it's not just that we won the game because we've won some big games this year. Like we beat the Warriors on Christmas. We've had, we've had several big wins. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have not, ha- as far as I can remember, had a game like this where it was just like literally going back and forth down the stretch. Like we were down 18, then we were up seven, then like trading, you know, leads and trading buckets the whole way, you know, down till the end of the game. Like we start getting into that Lakers mode where, you know, there's like 45 seconds, le- 40 seconds left or something. And we have a timeout and we have like a, out of bounds play that looks like it's not going anywhere. And suddenly KCV springs open for a three that he nails. And, you know, same thing on like the subsequent possessions. Like it it was just, it was a really well executed game and Boston was giving us everything they had. Like you could tell this was not like, Oh, this is a good team that kind of slept walk through this game. Um, Kyrie was amped up to play LeBron and especially now that they're buddies, Uh, the young guys on both sides were, you know, amped up to play each other because they were like, you know, I'm sure Ingram and, and Kuzma are like, you guys aren't that much better than us. And then T- Tatum and Brown are like, we're way better than you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's another conversation. Right? So uh, <laughs> that's ex- that's verbatim what was going on. Yeah, that's what on they the were court saying tonight. at the end of the game. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, you know, it was just a really good back and forth effort. And yeah, we had to rely on some LeBron heroics, which we have LeBron James. That's the reason we signed him. You know what I mean? But um, it was also just like, you know, other guys stepping up. KCP finally looking like a conf- 
confident and competent shooter. Um, the guy that we thought we were signing. Bullock coming for his ass, yo. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I mean, that's good sometimes. You know, Kuzma playing fantastic. Um, Brandon Ingram, although he didn't score that well, he had some really good assists and he was very disruptive defensively. Um, JaVale McGee, first time back in the starting lineup in a while, played very well. So we had like contributions from so many guys. We had 35 assists as a team. And part of that was honestly just guys making shots. But today was... Again, it was like the first game in a long time where we played a team and it felt like, you know, I don't know if necessarily from start to end, but at some point in the second quarter through the end of the game, it felt like these guys know that they have a chance to win this game, no matter how well the other team plays. And, and I think that's kind of what happened. So it was, it was very, very exciting. Great game. Yeah, I agree. I am hoping this game I don't know what's a microcosm of what, but it kind of parallels the way that we have fought adversity at different times this year. It has not always been pretty, but I felt like in certain sections of the year, even with our backs against the wall and injuries piling up against us, we've shown some resiliency and fight. And I'm talking mainly about the Oklahoma City Thunder game on the road when we were down by like 15, 18 points in the first quarter, and we came back and took that game by the reins pretty much and uh, somehow won that game. And then even against Houston, you know, with Lonzo going down, us responding and actually making a game out of it. And it's really a game we should have won. So I felt like that was another, tonight was another example of that where it's like, look, man, we just got trashed by the media the entire last two weeks. The whole Lakers nation is down on the front office with good reason, I think. I mean, we've had our emotions jostled about these last two weeks in a way that I've never felt before. I feel emotionally exhausted, not just because it's the trade deadline, but just the prospects. I I feel you. I agree. This is what it must feel like to be like a junkie. You know, none of this has been healthy for anybody. (laughs) Like just refreshing over and over again to no avail. If I could parallel it to something, I, I would parallel it to, it's like for the last two weeks, we've been prepping ourselves to go out on a crazy birthday bash dinner to Lowry's, right? And then we end up just going to freaking... Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> yeah, Outback Steakhouse, which isn't that bad. You yeah, know? And... not that bad, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a good parallel to what the Lakers did, right? It's not that bad. Right, but right, When you're expecting to go to Larry's and you end up settling for Outback Steakhouse, it just, it takes a while to adjust, you know, and get back to that neutral place emotionally. It's not Applebee's, but it's not Larry's. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so Reggie Bullock, Muscala, welcome to Outback Steakhouse. I mean, <laughs> uh, so before we get on with our show, we're going to talk more about the Celtics game, obviously, and the trade deadline and our new acquisitions. As usual, though, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. It is lit. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, that's an extra empty seat we'll put in between LeBron and his next closest teammate on the bench. So let's make it a gap of 15 seats just because it's so hilarious. <laughs> I have no idea, dude. But at this point, they should just play it up, you know? It's like a recent <laughs> thing that he started doing. Like, he never used to do that. Yeah, I, I have no idea. The, the internet made a, a huge thing over it, as it usually does. I mean, obviously, the internet's going to make a thing or, like, the media will make a thing. But it's like... That's just where he sits now, regardless of the circumstance. Like, yeah, it wasn't like, you know, they're trying to make it seem like, oh, look how divided he is from his teammates. He sits there at any point he's on the bench. 
For sure. I think now the Lakers should just play up the irony at this point. Kind of like how Lonzo Ball was playing. We ain't going nowhere. That was pretty we hilarious, actually. Go nowhere. You can't be stopped now. We bad boys for life. Yeah, so I, I feel like the Lakers have to put on that persona to end this year. And if they do... I think we could somehow, this would be, this is like the weirdest year ever, but I feel like if the Lakers make the playoffs, it it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. That is the Lakers season this year. Look, the crazy thing is we're a game and a half out of eighth, right? Um, My one caution here is we've had too many of these, like, season turning points. Like, I feel like we've had multiple of these, like, this is a season turning point game. I, I will argue it's slightly different this time because... We have uh, most of our team healthy. Um, we're about to get a long break. We're on the longest road trip on, of the season, you know, where we were expected to not do that well. So if we do pretty well on this road trip and then um, carry that momentum forward, I mean, we added two very solid shooters who I'm sure we'll talk about. And, you know, I know what you're saying. I mean, if we go on a run to end the season and we end up as like, anything other than the eighth seed pretty much like if we end up as the seventh seed or the sixth seed i really like our chances against denver or okc i'm not saying we win either of those series like i know that you know obviously i'm a homer so i think we have a pretty good chance but i like we'll at least make i think we could at least make those two series competitive um which is all you really ask for in a season that was kind of like lost like this to injuries yeah i agree so to finish my thought Rate and review us on iTunes and also patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. We're lit, you're lit. Is Everybody it? lit, lit. Everybody lit, everybody lit, lit. I like that poem uh, or rap. I don't know. So let's talk about this game or let's just wrap up our thoughts on this game because the Rondo game winner, first of all, it <laughs> off of the Brandon Ingram, it should have been a goaltend, right? Because Al Horford's fingers went through the net. I wonder if that's like a reviewable play because it's the last second of the game. That's but true. If you don't call it. Right. I mean, I feel like I've seen that where they didn't call it and then they, I don't know. But on the replay, his hand went through the net. Like, I don't think that caused the goaltend per se, but his hand did go through the net. Yeah. But anyways, I for, so Al Horford blocked it. I forget who slapped it out to Rondo. Did Rondo just get it off of that block? It was like, it got like mucked up in there and like Hayward was there, Tatum was there, but the one guy on our team who touched it, of course, was Tyson Chandler. (laughs) Of course, right? And so off of that scrum, Rondo somehow got the ball and look, Rondo's buzzer beater, it reminded me of half and half's a fusion of Robert Ory's game winner and Fisher's game winner combined. Oh my God. (laughs) It's like, obviously not to that extent and without the same, without the same gravity, but it was off of pretty much a tip. And then when Rondo actually got it, he shot it so fast. And I'm glad he did. He didn't even think about it, right? He had to quickly shoot it off a twisting catch and then bang, game. Um, when, you, when you watch buzzer beaters like that, and you know, I can remember the handful of times that Kobe hit a buzzer beater or that Derek Fisher 0.4 shot, stuff just goes so fast in, in the blink of an eye that you can't even process what just happened, right? <laughs> so... When Rondo hit that game winner, the buzzer sounded, euphoria all over the court, LeBron James, you know, embracing Rondo, obviously very poetic for Rondo doing it at the TD Garden against his former team that he won championship with. What what a perfect way to end this crazy last few weeks for the Lakers. And 
like like you mentioned in your initial summary of this game, a bunch of guys stepped up, and when the Lakers were going back and forth with the Celtics, it wasn't just that they were going back and forth, right? It it felt like every guy on our team had a direct mano imano sort of opponent to go up against. So LeBron James would hit a three, then Kyrie Irving would hit a three, Jason Tatum would hit hit a turnaround fadeaway, then Kyle Kuzma would hit a floater. It was pretty crazy, dude. (laughs) Honestly, it was like one of the craziest regular season games I can recall seeing. We haven't had that many exciting this year, for sure. That Tice guy really annoyed me. I don't know his deal, but he's pretty good. Tice looks like he belongs in Boston, doesn't he? He looks like like he's a Boston native. It's kind of funny. He looks like a more civilized version of somebody who would be in that Mad Max movie. (laughs) Kind of like Chris Anderson-ish, you know, Birdman, Birdman. It's Chris Anderson-esque. But is yeah. he a good three-point shooter normally? I, I like. I should probably know this. Wait, is his last name Tice or is it Theus? It's Tice, right? I'm sure people have said it both ways. I don't know exactly, but the Lakers are lunging out at him like he was a great three-point shooter. So yeah, I mean, at he least rained a few, dude. I was like, who the heck is that? He annoyed me. I mean, he's shooting 41% from three, but on 43 attempts, so it's not a huge volume. But clearly, he can he can shoot it. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, great game by the Lakers. Very exciting. It's funny that after a uh, 42-point loss, the worst loss of LeBron James' career, of course the Lakers would come back and hit the most threes of the season or of just like... I thought they said franchise record. Is that really a franchise record? Maybe it's just of the season. Twenty, They hit 22. They're 22 for 41, 53%, 54%. It was really in that third quarter where all hell broke loose and it seemed like everybody was hitting a three or they were just taking turns popping threes and draining them, essentially. I think they hit eight threes in the third quarter. It was just an insane game. From being down by 18 points to making a little bit of a run to close the first half and then just busting the game wide open in the third quarter, relinquishing it a little in the fourth and then showing the resilience to somehow fight back. And they were down by six with like a minute and a half left. And that's when LeBron and KCP hit those two back-to-back crazy baseline three-pointers. Braun saved the ball out of bounds, right? And then KCP just kind of had to direct the ball once he caught it back to LeBron on the baseline. And then LeBron just hit that fadeaway shot. It was like one of those broken plays that I feel like we're often on the other side of. Like, we just get, like, a bad bounce, and then you see see the guy open, and it's like, oh, shit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no. but we got like we were like the beneficiary this time and by the totally. way it was a franchise record oh seriously 22 okay well maybe i've just been seeing too many stats from like the warriors or whatever to be phased by 22 where i'm like isn't that a low anyways great job by the lakers to follow up lebron james worst loss of his career with a franchise record from three-point land go figure right from the strike tonight though they were a porous seven for 18 from the field so they actually could have maybe more handily won this game but it doesn't matter because they showed a lot of fight kyle kuzma really stepped up tonight especially in the what happened to that guy i mean what it's it's what happens with kyle kuzma this entire season right where it's just very bipolar and I'll get, I'll cut him some slack the last few weeks cuz he's been dealing with that hip injury but he really busted out in the third quarter I think hit had 14 points in that quarter and he hit that huge go ahead three pointer with like what 28 seconds left or so uh even with LeBron James asking for the ball on the baseline Kyle Kuzma was like f that I'm taking this you know I've got nothing to lose but that's what I'm saying like 
if these guys play with confidence and play like this every night and just keep shooting it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's, you're going to have nights where it doesn't go in, but if you have a good shot, you have to take it. We play so passive and like our first instinct is always to pump fake and drive instead of just take the open shot. But anyway, go ahead. No. Yeah. Ballsy shot by Cal Kuzma. And this isn't the first time that he's hit a clutch shot. You know, I, I really admire, sometimes it bites him in the butt, but I really admire Cal, Cal Kuzma's cojones. You know, he hit a go-ahead three-point shot against the Sacramento Kings on the road as well. We just managed to give Bojan Bogdanovic the last say there. But Cal Kuzma has shown a propensity to not shy away from the moment. So kudos to him. Kudos to Brandon Ingram for even being aggressive on that last drive. And then... Rajon Rondo, the rest is history. Great game by Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, 5 for 9 from 3. Um, LeBron James with a triple-double, crazy, 28-12-12, 3 steals. LeBron was, like, engaged in this game, dude. Like, you could oh, see yeah, it on both sure. ends. Like, I don't remember... I mean, I know he's been hurt, but, like, he, there's been a, a handful of games that he's been fully engaged this year, and you really see him get to that next level, and it is scary. No, definitely. And um, Rajon Rondo almost had a triple-double, 17 points, 7 rebounds, 10 assists. Him and Lance Stevenson this year, man, they are legitimately 39% three-point shooters. They're not volume three-point shooters, but they're hitting at least one a game at this point. And credit to them for actually working on their shot. We've needed that to happen because Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart have not progressed. Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram have not progressed the way that we thought they would or hoped they would from three-point land. So Rondo and Lance Stevenson, sadly enough, have picked up the slack, but thank God that they have. They were six for nine from three tonight. And Lance Stevenson in limited minutes, 17 in 17 minutes, 14 points, two assists, two rebounds. I mean, that's really all you could ask for. So great game all around by the Lakers. Showed a lot of fight. I really like their switching defense tonight. They they really bothered all of the Celtics guards for the most part. And I know Kyle Kuzma had a tough time guarding Kyrie Irving at the end there in the fourth quarter. But up until that point, I thought he did a really good job on whoever he was switched to, switched on. No, he did his best. And it's like, look, we were stopping this, a lot of drives. This so. all switching defense, like you're not expecting that, um, you know, every switch you're going to be able to match them up perfectly. It's just that it's overall over the course of a game, you believe that that's the best method. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, you're going to get burned. Kyrie Irving is one of the best, if not the best ball handler in the NBA. Yeah. So exactly. Kuzma did the best he could. Um, but yeah, yeah, he, he, uh, he definitely gave a really good effort. And it's just crazy because like when Lonzo comes back, we take it up so much higher as a perimeter defensive team. So, I just, you know, you just can't wait for him to get back now because if if everybody else is locked in and then Lonzo's out there causing havoc on the perimeter, it's really, we can be a really disruptive defensive team. Yeah, absolutely. Now we got shooters. We got, we got shooters, indeed. And obviously, credit to Brandon Ingram for once he switched on to Kyrie Irving um, towards the end of the fourth quarter, he really did a solid job locking him down, more than solid, and Kyrie Irving even said as much in his post-game interview single-handedly pointing Brandon Ingram out so which was I like guess a little bit odd to be honest if you're like a, if I was a Celtics fan I'd be like the fuck? <laughs> you know, I'd just be like uh I'd just be like wait like but you know there's rumors you're trying to go there so <laughs> why would you say that it's like Kyrie Irving in that meme with that guy who's holding the hands with his current girlfriend and looking behind his shoulder it is <laughs> He's holding Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown's hands, and then he's looking over. He's like, ooh, Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma. I know you guys aren't that good, but I kind of like that better. 
<laughs> Kyrie, Lonzo, LeBron, Ingram, <laughs> whoever. Uh, so yeah, we'll end our thoughts on the game there, obviously, because we've got a lot to talk about with regards to the trade deadline and what happened, and I guess for the Lakers, what didn't happen. So we will talk about all of that right after the term. This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. All right, so the NBA trade deadline has come and gone. The Lakers do not have Anthony Davis, but they do have some Muscala milk. What do you mean, <laughs> Muscala milk? What do you mean, like- I think I was trying to make I was trying to make the the muscle muscle milk pun, but it doesn't really work because yeah, I gotta say Muscala. Anyways, <laughs> that sounds like some nasty milk that comes out of like a weird bug or something. <laughs> We got Muscala milk and we got Reggie the Weekend Bullock to provide us with some floor spacing. But in the process, there were some casualties. No more Svi, no more Zoo. We lost two of our Eurocorns. We added one back with Muscala. Oh, he's Euro? Yeah, I think so. Maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just semi-racist. But um, (laughs) Muscala sounds European, doesn't it? I mean, he's American. Okay, never mind. I just read his name. It says Michael Peter Muscala. Okay, maybe he's not European. He just looks like a European big. Anyways. Well, Magic and Robert are clearly racist. (laughs) So, Zvianzu out on one end, Muscala and Reggie Bullock in on the other. There is a huge buyout market coming. Some guys have already been bought out and found their new teams, i.e. Wesley Matthews signing with the Indiana Pacers. Ennis Cantor just got waived. Other guys like possibly Robin Lopez, Jeremy Lin, Wayne Ellington are presumably also going to be bought out. We'll see what happens. Um, The Lakers have an empty roster spot because they traded Ivica Zubats and Michael Beasley to the Los Angeles Clippers. Michael Beasley will then be waived by the Clippers. And because of that, they have an empty roster spot. There is some speculation that they may use that on Carmelo Anthony. Who knows? But at the end of all of this, Tommy, no Anthony Davis after this sham mockery of a uh, last week and a half of discussions, if you can even call it that, with Dell Demps and the New Orleans Pelicans. I I think emotionally exhausted, like we said at the beginning, is, is the perfect way to describe it. Bamboozled. Look, this game cured a lot a of... sham mockery? Sham mockery, like, like D'Antoni. Yeah, a sham mockery. I call um, it a shamrockery because the Celtics were involved. <laughs> oh, good one. <laughs> shamrockery, <laughs> indeed. Um, I guess, how would you grade the Lakers' trade deadline here? A plus! I w- okay. <laughs> so, in a vacuum, if we don't put any context to it, and you just told me, oh, they got Muscala and they got Reggie Bullock, and these are the guys who went out. 
In a vacuum, I'd say I'd give it a B. But in the context of the whole season and the lead up to this trade deadline, and all of the white noise involved and how it affected our young guys and taking into account that the front office is essentially just trading for guys that they essentially could have also just signed in free agency. Obviously not these exact guys, but guys who could approximate these skills, mainly shooting. And instead, they're giving away assets at the trade deadline to kind of right their own wrongs. In the context of all of that, I give it a C. But having said that, there's no real point in looking back and uh, relitigating all of that because the Lakers have a mission in front of them and they're either going to sink or swim, make the playoffs or go home. So yeah, I, I give it that grade. And obviously it's a little bit of a TBD because we don't know who they're going to sign off the waiver wire, off the market. So that grade could also change depending on whether they sign a Robin Lopez or a Jeremy Lin or Wayne Ellington, et cetera, et cetera. So uh yeah what are your grades so i give a b um and i just i i'll consider it a solid b um on your point of all the noise and you know it's it maybe not the noise but uh your point of like well it's kind of like a letdown in a way because it's like okay we could have signed these guys these types of guys not these guys specifically but these types of guys in the off season and then we wouldn't have to like make up for all that lost time, you know, et, et cetera, et cetera. The one thing, and I'm not saying this is a full defense to the way that we approach the off season, but the one thing I'll say, and we kind of touched on it already is that we got the most flack for being this team that doesn't, you know, care about three point shooting because of our first three signings uh, after LeBron slash, I consider LeBron KCP the same signing. So after that signing, our next three signings were historically non-shooters. And I'm talking about JaVale, who's obviously not a stretch five, and he still is not, to be clear. But then, you know, Rondo and Lance, who are not thought of as being consistent three-point shooters over the course of the season. And I think that the front office was banking on the fact that Kuzma shot 37% last year on high volume. Uh, Josh Hart shot like 40% to close the year over the last three months. KCP shot like 40% over the last three months. And he shot like 38% on the year on pretty high volume. Like those three guys we were bringing back. We thought Lonzo's three was going to get better, which it did, uh, before he got hurt. So, you know, like, I think there were a lot of assumptions that didn't end up playing out. Kyle Kuzma's three point percentage. I don't know what it is after tonight. He shot great, but before tonight, it was down 7% on in, like increased volume, or at least the same. That's a huge drop for one season. Um, Josh Hart was down fairly significantly, and has like it, it feels like he hasn't hit a shot since January 1st. Um, <laughs> you know, KCP, again, same thing before tonight. He was down on average over the course of the season. So it's like the guys that we thought were going to be our, you know, potential high thirties types of guys have not hit any shots this entire year, you know? So it's like, that was not a thing that they went into the season expecting. And in fact, the two guys that we signed and got criticized for, for being non-shooters ended up becoming like our two best shooters. So I, I get the frustration of like, Oh, we could have done this, but I still think it's a solid trade because we turned a guy and I love Sfee and I really hope he does very well. And I, you know, we saw this guy light it up in the summer league. If you watch his college tape, if you watch his like draft combine workouts and like we all did, you know, after we drafted him, 
this guy looks like he's going to be in the three-point shooting contest one day. You know, like, he is a legit knockdown shooter. That being said, he could not crack the rotation on a team that desperately needed three-point shooting. And Mm -hmm. it's not just because he wasn't hitting shots. He, you know, there were other issues as well. And, you know, given the depth that we... It's weird. It feels weird to say, but it's like the depth that we had at the two between Hart and KCP and like, you know, Sfee wasn't exactly getting minutes at the three because of defensive issues. So we ended up moving Sfee for a guy who is theoretically what we hoped Sfee would be, which is, you know, over the course of eight seasons on high volume, he's a career 50 or sorry, not 50 (laughs) career, 40% three point shooter, which is insane, you know? So and he has a pretty low cap hold, and it just cost us fee and a second round pick. And yeah, he's going to get paid more money than Svi uh, next year if we even are able to keep him. But we have the potential to keep him. Um, and he is like a known veteran, like knockdown type guy who can step in right away and instantly make life a lot easier for LeBron, Ingram, and Lonzo when he gets back, and Rondo. Yeah, so let's land on Reggie Bullock, that first trade, to kind of organize things a little bit better. The Sfee for Reggie Bullock trade. Reggie Bullock's only 27 years old, and if you remember, coming into the league, he started his career off with the Los Angeles Clippers, and that was during the Lob City days when any sort of young guy on the Clippers was kind of rare to find because they had stacked their team pretty much with just Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, all these veterans, and Reggie Bullock was kind of their prized young gun. And anytime you'd hear any sort of trade rumors with the Clippers, they would all Reggie Bullock's name would always come up just because everybody knew him as a shooter. He was a shooter coming out of college. He profiled as one in the NBA. And he's 6'7", right? He's a long dude. And you had mentioned that Reggie Bullock is kind of what we hope Svi would be. Reggie Bullock is also what we hope KCP could be (laughs) you know it's it's funny to say that as well but it's true because Reggie Bullock I think unlike KCP was not a highly touted prospect KCP was a lotto pick or a fringe lotto pick coming out of the draft and so in his mind he he probably 12 or something yeah KCP in his mind probably had license to do other stuff which probably lends itself to why his shot selection is a little suspect and he feels like he has license to throw up whatever he wants to. I think Reggie Bullock, his entire life has always filled a certain role and he's known, he's uh, kind of perfected that, that role. So he's a legit, he's more of a legit three and D guy than I consider KCP, even though obviously KCP has turned his season around and, and has played really well and was a huge reason why we won against Boston tonight. But Reggie Bullock, I think you will find is going to be a more consistent and less frustrating player than KCP because he won't take the same sort of risky, stupid-ass shots that KCP will from time to time. And this guy is just a legit shooter with range. Um, This year, he's shooting 38.8% from three with the Detroit Pistons, and that's with 2.6 makes. And I was looking at some of his highlights, and and this dude can bomb it from like 36 feet, kind of like how LeBron James shoots it from out there with ease. He just has a textbook jump shot from out there. And last year, it's pretty crazy, actually. He shot 48.9% from the field and then from three, 44% on two makes a game. Career-wise, he's 39.8% from three overall. And just looking at his game log, he is 
13 for 22 from three-point land his last three games. His last game as a Detroit Piston, 19.7 rebounds, 5 of 10 shooting, 3 for 7 from 3 the game before that, and then 5 for 5 from 3 the game before that. So clearly fills a need for the Lakers, and given their objective to make the playoffs and seeing as every game from here on out is pretty much a must-win game, Unfortunately, you just can't count on a young guy like Zvi to get over his hiccups. And it it sucks from an emotional standpoint. I I was torn apart to lose a guy like Zvi who it seemed like everybody rallied around and everybody seemed to love. And I think everybody, including LeBron James, could see the promise and potential in him, right? I think kind of like Sasha Vujicic, his first few years in the league, he was probably the team's best shooter, but the best shooter in practice. Unfortunately, it hadn't translated to the actual games, and most of that is mental and and just him trying to get over the hiccups, but we got a more established player who can help immediately in Reggie Bullock, and who still, he doesn't have upside, but he's still young. He's 27 years old, and if we're going to count on any one person to help boost this team into the playoffs... A guy like Reggie Bullock is is more of a surefire thing than rookie Svima Kylo, unfortunately. So on that end, I actually give the grade on that trade an A. So let's move on to and, the... And, if it's, we moved, yeah, and I saw ahead. some people saying like, oh, we gave up uh, Svi, who's the young guy who's on the cheap deal, locked in. And, you know, they probably couldn't or didn't want to or weren't going to be able to keep Reggie long term. Two things on that. Number one, they actually could have kept Reggie long-term, and nothing suggests they wouldn't have if they didn't get the right offer. You know, it just, we came in and, and we gave them more than they were like, you know, maybe it's not totally worth, like, we, maybe we wouldn't engage with him in free agency. I don't know. But we had to give them something of value. Um, Sfi is great, but that's a team that has an all-star in Blake Griffin, and they're trying to win games. Um, they mm-hmm. tried to make a trade for Mike Conley at the trade deadline. So, they're trying to win games, and um, yeah, I mean, it's, I get it, and some people, I saw a lot of complaints online, oh, we're giving up Sfi, why do we have to give up a second rounder? Second rounders, yes, they're assets, and yes, you want to have some, just because people, you know, for situations like this, people like to use them in trades, but um, in terms of acquiring new young talent, our organization luckily has shown a willingness multiple times over the past few years to buy first round picks. Obviously Bongo was a purchased first round pick. Weirdly, obviously uh, uh, Jordan Clarkson was a first round pick that uh, we bought. If uh, people remember. So yeah, it, 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 I don't think that we gave up too much, especially because he has a pretty small cap hold and there's potential we could keep him moving forward. Yeah. I think for me, the loss is more emotional just because if, it so happens that we still end up trading the young guys. You would have thought that Svi and Zhu would be one of the few guys left remaining. And now, well, Svi has gone. And if the young guys are eventually traded for Anthony Davis or another superstar, we literally may not have any young guy or semblance from our drafting days before LeBron, you know? So from that end, it's a little bittersweet, but, it's going to help us right now. And like you said, Reggie Bullock's cap hold is only $4 million this summer. If we end up building out this team the right way, he could serve as a very crucial role player for years to come on whatever dynasty we're hoping to build. So for, for, that, tra- for that particular swap, I give it an A. Let's move on to the Muscala trade. Um, Michael Beasley out. 
after calling Luke Walton a what? How would Beasley call Luke Walton? He's just like, dude, He's, or like, no, hey, uh, hey guy. <laughs> he called him. He called him bro. Maybe? Oh, bro. Are you sure he didn't say bruh? Hey, oh, bruh. Uh, yeah, but- <laughs> here, bruh. <laughs> so Michael Beasley, after calling Luke Walton bro, is gone. Super cool bees era is over. And with that, unfortunately, so is the Zubats era. And so, okay, I understand the need for Muscala and the need for a shooting five, shooting four, especially with regards to Brandon Ingram, because he found success with pick and pop, Maestro, Brooke Lopez, yada, yada. I understand all of those things. I just don't get why we had to give up Zubats. To me, Muscala, he does what... What's his name? Reggie Theus Tice? Is it Reggie? No, it's not Reggie Theus. Reggie Theus is an actual person. <laughs> yeah. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Tice. He does what Daniel Tice kind of does, spaces the floor. But to me, he's not that good of a prospect that I would give up Zoo, especially given the strides that Zoo made. If you had told me at the trade deadline we had traded Zoo, I would have said, oh, did we get Vucevic back or something? Or did we get Terrence Ross back? No, we got Muscala. I'd be like, wait, what? Why? You know, so for me, this trade, while understandable in the grand scheme of things, I kind of don't understand. I almost would understand it better if it were flip-flopped and we had traded Zubats for Reggie Bullock. But the Zubats for Muscala thing, to me, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it because Zubats was a guy who, even more so than Reggie Bullock, was going to have a very, 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 very low cap hold, approximately like 1.9. And if you somehow signed a Clay Thompson or even like a lower-tiered max-type guy, Zoo was the type of type of player that you could keep on your cap hold and then go over the cap to, to re-sign him. Even, even if he was gonna just going to be a bench-type guy, he's already shown that he can fill in that starting role in a pinch, you know? And... In a season where there's been so much turmoil and at times it's kind of felt like the now this is going to be fun, Dwight Howard, Steve Nash Lakers, Zubats was the one guy who sort of gave this team some life and just him turning around his career with some honestly, like like legitimately, objectively big performances. I, I, I... I likened it to Andrew Bynum's breakout season to a lesser extent, obviously, but he was one of the brighter spots of this season. And even outside of the emotional attachment and aspect of things, he was just objectively good. And so I just don't understand surrendering an asset like him for a guy like Muscala, who to me is a dime a dozen type player. If you had told me we had tried to go after Dwayne Dedman, that would have made more sense to me. I just don't get the Muscala thing even though I understand the spacing that he provides. Hey, this is Brian from the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, here to talk about keeps. So there's just no two ways to say it. Losing hair is awful. Nobody wants to go through it. And two out of three guys are going to experience hair loss by the time they're 35. This is the world we live in, people. Now, I personally haven't started this you know, downturn, but I got a couple of people close to my life that go through it, and they always say, should have started it sooner rather than later. 
So anyways, these FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes, now and starting just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. So they've ironed out the process. Basically, you just take a photo of your hair and you shoot it over and a licensed physician will review the information and recommend the right treatment to you and then, boom, shipped right to your door every three months. So Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. Uh, plus, now you can get your first month free uh, to, to what? To keep your hair. So come on, what are we talking about here? To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash almighty. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash almighty. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash almighty. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. I guess where I disagree is I don't necessarily think he is a diamond dozen type of guy. Um, Muscala? He's a veteran. He's a five. <laughs> he hits like 34, 35% from three. You know, like, that's actually not that common. Um, I know Dwayne Dedman hits a decent amount or percentage, like a couple percentage points higher, but he also has less volume. You know, like Muscala, I think is it in the, in the games that we played against uh, Philly this year, I, I, have we played one or two against Philly? I can't remember, but. I think we've played one. Yeah, we played one. I feel like every time we play against this guy, he's, it's like stretching the floor, dude. Just he's, because he's like, he scored 17 points and seven rebounds against this Magic's like Muscala. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I guess like I just, okay, I kind of see what you're saying with the whole like, well, why do we have to give up Zoo? I guess if you view it from the lens of, if you don't know necessarily that Zoo is a part of your future for sure, especially because you just spent a first round pick last year on a, on a center. Um, so you don't know necessarily is do a part of your future. Um, maybe the cap hole doesn't matter to you as much. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, okay, this guy is not a high fly act, he, but he's not like an elite defender either, but he's also not like a big time athlete, you know, but he's also not like an outside shooter like he's he's I mean don't get me wrong he got much better defensively this year than he's been um but he is purely offensively a back to the basket like or like somewhat inefficient back to the basket player um and I just don't know that like there's necessarily that much space for those types of guys on you know rosters moving forward and you know a lot of the successful teams don't have those types of guys because when you think about the types of centers like this who work, it's like, okay, Nurkic, skilled AF, you know what I mean? Like can shoot jump shots. Marcus Saul, same thing, had to modify his game. That guy can shoot from the outside very well now, actually. And same thing, was an elite defender when he couldn't do that. And also the game was different when he was an elite defender. So, you know, it just, if you're, if you view it all from the lens of, well, I don't know that Zubats is part of our future anyway, then you're kind of like, okay, then it just becomes a, a game of who can give me the best offer, offer at this time. And you're looking at the offers and it's maybe we got offered better quote-unquote assets or better quote-unquote talent than, than uh, Muscala, but Muscala fills a big need for us, which is a stretch five. And, and not like a Kyle Kuzma stretch five or like, you know, something like that. He is legitimately can play the five. He's a veteran in the league. And he can space the floor. And if he just hits a few threes for us, that would be huge. And it's a huge upgrade. I mean, 
I think you posted some tweet that was not real, I don't think, but Alex Regla posted uh, Muscala's shooting numbers, and on open threes this year, he's 35%, which 35% is the NBA league average for, for threes. Uh, but he is a center, and there are multiple players on our own team, like Kyle Kuzma, Alonzo Ball, KCP, Josh Hart, before tonight, I mean, I don't know how the numbers have got affected, but before tonight, all those guys were lower than 34% on open threes, 35%. So, you know, it, it fills a very big uh, need for us. And then, you know, we don't have to deal with Zoo's cap hold and that gives a little more money for Reggie's cap hold. And I just think that, yeah, it's always nice to be like, oh, we could go over the cap to sign Zoo, but what if Zoo, we don't necessarily view his type of skill set as being part of our future. Well, we've done that already before with D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle. And so, I mean, I I understand your argument. I'm just, I'm just, I will agree to disagree just because you can't convince me that we couldn't have found a guy who can approximate what he does even off the waiver wire. And I don't even if it's a guy who hasn't played in the league for the last year, so, I mean, Muscala may end up proving me wrong. I do think he's going to fill... He that, uh, he, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's going to fill a role. Literally, Carmelo Anthony will do that. But Carmelo doesn't even hit threes that well. But if you tell him to, he's just going to do exactly what Muscala's going to do. He can't play the five, which Muscala can. Muscala's like a four-rebound-a-game type dude. I, I don't even consider him necessarily a big. I, I literally consider him... And- like, Carmelo can't defend the rim at all. I'm not saying Muscala is a world beater, but he will provide some resistance. You know what I mean? And he's like a spot specialist type player. Like Tyson Chandler and JaVale McGee are going to close this season for us. And Muscala will be putting in spot minutes, you know, in second quarters, you know, when LeBron comes in for his second rotation, just to give extra floor spacing. Fine. That's fair. I'm just saying that this move has the potential to really bite us in the ass. And it's not like that hasn't already happen muscala for sure for sure is is going to be a rental like his cap hold next year is going is nine million dollars you're saying like well what if they don't want to deal with zubat's cap hold they absolutely want to deal with zubat's cap hold it's 1.9 million you know it's just opening your options for it muscala is a rental but if you're viewing zubat's as you're not going to keep him past this year anyway then he was a rental too you know it's like but you wait but you wait you have the option though of still making moves and making that decision when it comes time to make that decision where Muscala, you already know at the end of the season, goodbye. Thank you for maybe hitting 15 threes to end the season for us. You know, I'm I'm just telling you right now. And I think you would agree with me. This has the potential to bite us in the butt. He is now the Clippers starting center. And when I watched JaVale McGee tonight, look, he had a great game, 17 points, whatever. I watch him on offense sometimes. And I'm just like, how does this guy miss some of the shots he misses? It's very KCP Lance Stevenson-esque, the way that it's very hit or miss with JaVale. He's either dunking the hell out of the ball or it's shacked into full time with some with his lack of touchdown there and inability, inability to finish off his teammates' good passes, you know? And that's kind of, I was like, I miss Zubats down there because he had such soft hands and he could fill the lane very easily. And, and JaVale McGee sometimes is so awkward. He definitely is. I mean, again, I'm not saying that, like, these guys are world beaters. I just think if you view this end of the season stretch... And you have JaVale McGee, Tyson Chandler, and Zoo. Okay. Like, Zoo just doesn't do anything that much differently 
than the other guys. Like, yeah, he maybe he has uh, softer hands around the rim for like laying it up on dump offs, but JaVale McGee can do alley oops and like he, you know, can has shown that he can score, t- you know, 10 points a game pretty easily playing with the I kinds of passers on, that we have. I, I don't want to solely yeah, rely on him, though. You don't rely on that, but you don't want to rely on Zubats either. So I would rather it. have that option, though, the way that he showed that he could fill that role and you but had I, the I, I 48 minutes of tall He's thing. not so different from those two guys that, like, it, it just makes so much more sense to introduce somebody who can space the do something different. If it's and just going to be spot minutes anyway, like, we were going to go three-headed monster to close the season, which we've been doing for the last few weeks because none of these guys, frankly, are good enough to be playing the entire game. So it's like we were going three-headed monster for most of the last you know, couple weeks at least. And at least when Muscala comes in, I'm not saying that, you know, this. I get what you're saying by this could bite us in the ass. It's like Zoo is not a bad prospect. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I just don't think he was part of our plans. So it's like, why not just cut the cord and then just like move on and like, let's get our rental for the rest of this year and he's going to be a rental, but whatever. And then we'll, you know, renounce him and then we're done with it. Because I don't trust this front office's ability to evaluate talent. But at least for the, I, I mean, they've <laughs> had two years to to look at Zubats, dude. Like D'Angelo and Julius Randle, it's not like we didn't know they weren't talented. When they were traded, we were like, okay, this D'Angelo thing sucks. You know what I mean? He's actually pretty good, and he'll probably be an all-star in the East, and it took him two years. When Randall left, we were like, Randall was our best player last year. It's not that they, like, don't know that they're not good, I don't think. And it's like, Thomas Bryant. You know, because, because we could see it, too. Thomas Bryant, but, you know, that's Thomas Bryant <laughs> is probably a better argument because they probably gave up on him too fast. But they this went is, for the, be that. They went for the, but they went for the more experienced guy in that scenario. They can't carry like six centers. They already drafted Wagner. You know what I mean? They had Zoo. Uh, they had uh, Javale at that point. You know, and that is the one that I'll say like, okay, maybe they cut him off too fast just because he was a low salary type of guy. But Zoo could be good, but. I, the Muscala Hill is not the hill to die on, though. The, I don't like, think the Muscala Hill... What the NBA have guys that play, like, Zubats and, that are, like, really, really good? And all they do are, like, the th- types of things that Zubats does. I, I can't think of any. Like, all the guys that he's play Jonas with He's Jonas Valanciunas. He's Jakob Pertl. He's whatever Marcus All used to be in a, in But a... all the guys, like... And, like, Valanciunas, they had to get rid of finally because he was like, you know, it doesn't do enough. That's fine. I'm just saying the value doesn't make sense to me it's muscala like at the end of the day i would have thought if we had traded zubats that we were gonna get a prospect worthwhile instead it's not like we got a brooke lopez rental we got a muscala rental and i sure i hope i i understand why we need this sort of player and it's who we hope mo wagner can be in the future and far surpass i guess but you're just assuming the market. You know what I mean? Like, we watch Zoo every game. Maybe another team looking That's at Zoo. That's fine. You know, like, yeah, he's a restricted free agent, but he's been putting up numbers when, like, all of their centers were hurt. Like, you know, their big men were out. And, who, you know, he hasn't shown them that much. And, again, I just can't think of that many players that play the way Zubats does that are, like, considered really, really good players. So it's like when you view it through that lens, it's like, Maybe he's not part of your long-term plan and you just get the best you can for him. And maybe there's some overestimation on the market. Maybe this is the best deal we could get. 
Yikes. Well, so I'll look at it this way. Ivica Zubac was a player who was playing starting caliber center type minutes and trying to help the Lakers scrape for any wins that they could while LeBron James was out. And they actually did that. And in one of the most crucial games of the year on the road against the Thunder, he was freaking beast in Steven Adams. So I feel like we're caught up in the moment of like trying to qualify and evaluate Of course we need a floor spacer, but to just say, I don't know where Zubats fits in, to me doesn't really calculate because he just proved himself as maybe he's not a a 82 game season starting caliber center, but he helped us win some games when this team was trying to find any sort of win that they could get while LeBron James, Lonzo Ball, etc. was out, you know? That is value, and he proved it. And when JaVale McGee goes down... We are screwed as hell. And that literally just happened. And Ivica Zubats helped stem the tide. And he helped stem the tide even more so, even when JaVale McGee was, quote-unquote, a little bit more healthy. So we'll see what Muscala does. I agree with everything you're saying in terms of what he can provide. And he will open up the floor for Brandon Ingram, LeBron James. But that's the one trade where I'm a little dubious about. And I hope he proves me wrong because, look, We're going to have him for the next three months, and I hope he has a glorious three months where he hits 43-pointers and does to other teams what he did to us where he put up 17 points and seven rebounds and hit three of six for three and becomes our Daniel Tice or Daniel Theus, whatever. I just Uh, think there's some value. And again, I'm not trying to say some value in the fact that he he was hitting 35% making one, three, a game on a team that was actually good and playing in meaningful competitive games. It's not like this guy was floating around on like the Hawks or something, you know? So I, I think if we had a center that was in there hitting one, three, a game, it would open things up so much more. We saw what it did for, uh, what your friend Tice, (laughs) my my friend, my friend Tice. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I understand your argument, and I'm, part of it is I'm playing a little bit devil's advocate, sure. but I just think that we don't know what Zoo's value was. I thought, just like you, if you asked me yesterday, I would say if we, if, like, I mean, exactly what you said. If, if I found out that Zoo was involved in the trade, I would think, like, oh, shoot, did we get, like, Vucevic, you know, for, like, a rental or something. So I get it. But maybe, you know, we just way overvalue Zoo. Sure. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know what other teams think. And uh, the, perhaps the Clippers um, got a steal from us here, but apparently they thought it was worth the risk. They better just, I don't think they can package him in a trade for Anthony Davis. But anyways, they got a flyer on Zoo. And look, from an emotional standpoint, this sucks because Zoo was like the heart and soul of the Lakers. We remember watching him in, in Summer League, Zoo Goat. Zubaka, Zoolander. This guy was a Lakers fan growing up. He had that picture of him in grade school wearing the Lakers sweater. I'm just happy that he gets to stay in LA, and I'm sure Lakers fans... I love Lakers. (laughs) I love Lakers. I just dunked the ball. We're going to have to have Alan come back on and do all of his best Zubats hits. I'm glad he gets to stay in LA. I'm glad he gets to play for the Clippers, and I'm sure Lakers fans will flock Clippers games and continue to cheer for him. Um... So at the very least, you know, he gets to stay, quote unquote, home for at least till the summer. Who knows what his future is after that? But I'm glad he turned his career around and we got to see him help. I mean, he was crucial to the Lakers this year. You know, he at least we eked out, squeezed out about six good wins from Zubats this year, even when LeBron James was it was playing. Because if you remember, 
I think they started him against uh, the New Orleans Pelicans for the first time and he had a double-double, right? Anyways, good luck to Zubats. Good luck to Svima Kailu. Welcome, Reggie Bullock. Ultimate Lakers homer, maybe more so than, than, than you and I, Allen. Welcome, Muscala Milk. And welcome, whoever is going to be the waiver wire target. Tommy, to close this show, how do you feel about not getting Anthony Davis? Are you a little relieved? The young guys are here. It seems like before tonight's game, we weren't sure how they were going to respond. The last episode, we kept talking about how, look, this could go one of two ways. Uh, they could completely mentally melt away and not be able to stand up to the pressure. And the Indiana Pacers game was indicative of that. Or they could just go with the F it, screw it. If I'm gone anyways after this season, then I'm going to go down swinging. My coach Luke Walton's probably out too. Let's just do what we want and paint the town red. I don't even know if that's the right <laughs> saying, but I mean, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying, right? Like, Paul there's this... up and nowhere to go. <laughs> Make him away downtown, walking fast. <laughs> but I'm talking about that mentality of just being loose and free because you know that in a certain way, your fate is kind of already written for you. And it's not as happy as like senioritis where you know you're going to a prestigious prestigious college but i think anytime there's finality to something that changes how you react and play and it almost is freeing whether it's a good finality or a bad finality at the end of that you know Mm -hmm. so are you happy that the young core is still here and we didn't cave i am and that's like what i said (laughs) you are (laughs) because like you know, I felt like it was always kind of a win-win. If you trade the farm, it's a bummer, but you're getting Anthony Davis. And once you have LeBron and Anthony Davis, all of a sudden Wes Matthews is not signing with the Pacers. You know what I mean? It's like guys are going to sign where there's opportunity. And if you've just traded six guys for one, you know, one or two guys, then and one of those guys you might stretch, um, then like you're going to have a ton of open roster spots all of a sudden. So we could have filled out the roster with Robin Lopez, Wesley Matthews, Andres Cantor, you know, whoever, like everybody. We could have literally signed everybody. And uh, yeah, so it would have been fine. I would have been totally okay with that outcome. But like the part of me that is still like kind of holding on to this young core is just like, we've seen it with D'Lo. We've seen it with Randall. We've seen it with like some of our other younger guys who have like gone off to other teams and... And, like, just gotten better and shown what they can do. And I just feel like all three of these young guys are right on the cusp. You know what I mean? And I'm talking about, like, Kuzma, Ingram, and Ball are all, like, right on the cusp of just, like, being those breakout, like, hey, wait, actually, this guy is pretty good type of seasons. And I feel like if we traded them all for Anthony Davis right now, we're trading them at their lowest possible value. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, it's possible that they never, it never goes up. Their value is just all, you know, they're always just kind of mediocre and their value never goes super high, but I think it will continue to, to get higher and higher and, you know, we'll see what happens in the summer, but depending on how things go to close the season and depending on how, uh, uh, you know, things work in free agency, we might just end up keeping all of them. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if or, you know, if we re-engage the Pelicans and we're like, Hey, actually, did you see the playoffs when, uh, <laughs> Kuzma was scoring 20 a game on good shooting. Um, yeah, that's like, you're not getting him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how, if we're not going to be able to make a move with the Pelicans, then maybe we end up just keeping these guys. And and and, I, and I'm fine with it. We have so much depth and youth, and this is important. And this is like, you know, winning with LeBron now and 
building the future at the same time was the goal. And when you see games like tonight, it feels so vindicating and you just hope that that can continue. Yes. Vindicating is the right word. I feel like the guys got a lot off their chest just with the way, just how, whether it's LeBron wondering what LeBron's thinking or what Rich Paul and Clutch are thinking, how the media is just slamming these dudes saying that any other package out there is better and the Pelicans should wait, always pitting them against Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown saying that even a package without Jason Tatum is better than Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. This type of stuff, if, if it's channeled correctly and the guys know how to use it right to fuel them, it could galvanize our young dudes. And, and we saw it tonight. Kyle Kuzma, to quote him post-game, he said, I feel like after the Pacers game, I kind of just realized the trade wasn't happening from what I was hearing. Just getting a lot off my chest talking to people. I was kind of relieved, really, after that game, as crazy as it sounds. So I'm glad Kyle Kuzma was able to be real. And, and I think just knowing that, obviously, it's from now till the end of the season, they're staying Lakers, right? So that's they know they have at least that. They won't have to look over their shoulder till the end, end, end of the season. And knowing that this could be their last time as Lakers, I think that they will take on that going down, swinging, going down with a fight approach along with their coach, Luke Walton, because this could be the last time that they're all together, you know? So who knows? Something special could happen. But like you, like you mentioned earlier, we've had many of these turning point type games. The difference here being that we just probably went through our biggest test and our biggest hump, the NBA trade deadline, the brow rumors that, took over the whole league and now we're here these are the guys left standing this is it and we'll see what they can do from here tonight was a great start really proud of the guys for showing out Brandon Ingram struggled offensively but had seven assists played great defense on Kyrie Irving and can't wait till Lonzo Ball's back in a couple weeks you know so let's see what we can do from here this is it young core staying here till at least uh April or May With that said, the Lakers are 1.5 games out of the playoffs. The Clippers have seemingly conceded their spot. It's pretty much us and the Kings. And, uh, yeah, it's it's lit. It's lit. How about a round of applause? Standing ovation. Oh, God. (laughs) But you put on quite a show. Really had me going. Now it's time to go. Curtains finally closing. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. But it's over now. Go on and take a brow. Uh, that's what I would have sung if we had actually gotten the brow. But take a bow, Del Demps. We'll see you guys in the summer. And I hope Kyrie Irving is a New York Nick and you don't get Jason Tatum. Our young core balls out in the playoffs, and we sign Kawhi Leonard, Clay Thompson. We end up trading just Mo Wagner in a first rounder for Anthony Davis this summer. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. All right, with that said, that's our show. Uh, more to come, obviously. Sixers on Sunday against freaking the new look, trust the processors without Markel Fultz, Tobias Harris in, Markel Fultz out. Um, good luck to us. Uh, all right, Tommy, with that said, what a week. Let's uh, let's end it there. <laughs> See you, dude. Later.
This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.